Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast. Thank you for the great feedback we had on uh, Tuesday's podcast with Alex Newman. Um, we've got another great guest today. Paul Blair is back with us. But before we get to him, um, by the way, we're going to be talking about the state of the American church, some threats within and without, uh, the Rona, big government, biblical justice versus social justice. We've got a few stories, good news to start with in a minute, but we've been going through our resources that we have at StandUpForTheTruth.com, over 150 links for Christians and conservatives, and we are on the Fs. So we recommend these sources, FaithWire, Family Research Council, The Federalist, Fox News, with, you know, make sure to use discernment, Frank Turek with Cross-Examined, Freedom Project Media, Front Page Magazine with David Horowitz, and let's go ahead and go through the G's because that was a short list, Gary Hamrick, Gary Kaw, Hope for the World, Gateway Pundit, Got Questions, and Good Fight Ministries, and then we'll do the H's starting tomorrow. So, Lord God, give us wisdom today and every day, Father. Thank you for giving us another day with breath in our lungs. Our hearts are beating. We are alive. Thank you for all of our senses and the health that you do give to us, and we ask for your continued direction, one step, one day at a time, one step at a time, Lord. Help us to be about your business. Help us to speak the truth in love, but without apology and without compromise. We thank you for giving us a voice. We thank you for helping us try to get the truth to the people that need to hear it. We lift up this hour and this day to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Paul Blair is back with us, senior pastor of Fairview Baptist Church, Edmond, Oklahoma, since 2001. He speaks nationwide about God in government, as well as apologetics, biblical worldview. He serves on the board of directors for Bot Radio and the Oklahoma Apologetics Alliance. If you're new to the podcast in the last several months, um, we have had Paul on a few times, but he was drafted by the Chicago Bears in 1986 under Coach Mike Ditka, and uh, he actually was called into full-time ministry at the age of 37. And uh, my goodness, he's been featured on the Glenn Beck TV show, AFA Radio, Mike Gallagher Radio Show, Focus on the Family, Tony Perkins, Washington Watch, and... Um, he was actually one of the original 33 pastors that worked with Alliance Defending Freedom on Pulpit Freedom Sunday. That was in 2008, challenging the constitutionality of the 1954 Johnson Amendment. So he is really in the same as view as most of our listeners here to this podcast. Paul Blair, welcome to Stand Up For The Truth, brother. Good to have you back. David, it's always good to talk to you. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's good to be on. Well, thank you for taking the time with us today. We'll get to the event you just had at your church last night with Dr. Lee Merritt of America's Frontline Doctors. A great presentation on COVID-19, masking and the vaccines. But I wanted to get a little update on your church. But before that, your health, Paul. Uh, How are you feeling? How are you doing? And I know you had a bout with cancer a few uh, years ago. How are you doing? Yeah, well, I'm doing okay. Uh, it's been exactly two years wow. since I finished my uh, chemotherapy and radiation treatment. And uh, I go back in uh, week after next for my next checkup. And if I'm clear on that, they'll do you know blood tests, CT scans, things of that nature. And if I'm clear on that, then I'll go to a once-a-year checkup uh, for the next three years. So, so far, so good. I've been able to put a little bit of weight back on and starting to feel a little bit more like my normal self. Uh, for folks that didn't know me, you know, I, I lost about 70, 75 pounds during the uh, treatment process. So I went from being you know, 295, you know, wow. my old playing weight to down to 222 at one point in time. Right now I'm about 250 and just going to try to stay right here. It seems to be a pretty comfortable weight, but um, have some permanent damage in my throat where the cancer, where the tumor was, mm. but hey, I'm cancer free right now and still able to talk, although. I have to work harder at talking, believe it or not. <laughs> you won't think I do, but I don't talk any less, but I, I have to work harder at talking. And eating is a little bit more of a challenge, but I can do both. So 
God is good. He's uh, really enhanced my ministry, to be honest with you. I am a better pastor mm. uh, being able to relate to my congregants uh, that are going through really uh, critical times, uh, you know, times they've been ta- uh, told they may die and, you know, some of the processes that you go through and, and uh, that kind of a, a treatment. And uh, so anyway, it, God has used this for good and and I think I'm a better pastor at the end of the day because of it. Well, praise God for you, Paul. Uh, you've been so instrumental in a lot of ministries. And uh, it, for me personally, uh, last year, that uh, Liberty Pastors Conference in uh, Texas, in Dallas there, it was just uh, what a blessing it was, a catalyst in my life. And I want to thank you again. Um, you don't know how, how influential that was. Even to this podcast, Amen. some of the guests we've had on because of the men I met there, and Steve Smotherman is one of them. He's going to be on with us next week. Uh, troublemakers for the kingdom of God, I'll tell you. Uh, Paul, we're going to talk about your church a little bit. That You have monthly pastors and the event last night. But before we do, I wanted to start off with some good news today. So, And get your take on these things. First of all, uh, a Christian student group cannot be punished for requiring its leaders to be Christians. Now, this you're, you're shaking your head going, wait a minute, is this actually a news story? So it's good news, and this is uh, the, the group InterVarsity Christian Fellowship at Wayne State University. This has been going on since 2017, and they were, um, I guess, disciplined. But now the judge ruled that this Christian student group can now require its leaders to be Christians. Paul, this is good news, but it's in a way it's sad that we have to, we have to even go to the courts and have these kinds of stories, isn't it? Well, we've lost uh, touch with with reality in many ways, David, and and this has been a slow process. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, one of the things that we to teach in our uh, biblical worldview training when we work with pastors is the fact that uh, in Scripture God has designed four realms of government. There's self-government, there's family government, there's church government, and then there's civil government. However, in practice, we in America, especially over the last hundred years, have been taught little by little that civil government is supposed to be the answer for everything. So literally, we have civil government governing everywhere, you know, including this last year. You had civil government trying to tell you how many people you could have inside your home at any given time and whether you needed to wear masks inside your home. So. Mm. That, that's how tyranny, uh, yes. uh, that, that, that's what happens when, that is tyranny. When, when civil government steps over into these other realms, that's when you have real problems. It never winds up good. But again, that is a great decision. Maybe, just maybe, if we have enough people, uh, if you remember the old story, the emperor that wasn't wearing any clothes, <laughs> if we have enough people realizing how insane this is, perhaps we can move the meter back towards sanity. So that's yes. a good, good news report there. Yes, and it's interesting. A lot of it's going to come. A lot of these cases are going to come down to judges that were appointed, and we know. Uh, praise God for the judges that President Trump appointed, and uh, including the major decisions to get those Supreme Court justices. Um, on the court. But we've got another story, Paul, out of Arkansas. You've had your battles in Oklahoma. You'd think that everything would just sweep through there and and smoothly get through pro-life legislation and everything else. We'll get to that in a minute. But over in Arkansas, um, Tuesday, it became the first state to ban gender transition procedures for children and teens when its legislature overrode a veto of a bill by the governor who had rejected the bill Monday. Governor Hutchinson vetoed the bill, and Republicans, of course, control the House and the Senate, fortunately. So the bill is known as Arkansas Save Adolescents from Experimentation. And that's what it is. So, Paul, your thoughts on this. Even Republicans can disagree on these issues, but elections have consequences. And fortunately, this went through in Arkansas. Well, praise the Lord for a courageous group of Arkansas legislators that would not allow the political game to be played on them. Yes. And quite frankly, what we've seen right there, David, is that's the answer for a lot of what's going wrong in the United States. Uh, And it's what I just said, the United States. We were never designed to be one giant conglomerate ruled by Washington, D.C. We are actually a union of states that voluntarily work together for our common defense and for our general welfare, our general well-being. 
But we're not going to have 335 million people that see things the same way. Right. We obviously don't. I mean, we see tremendous extremes, mm-hmm. far left and far right in the United States. Well, if each state is basically autonomous and self-governing, and a conservative state can be conservative and maintain conservative values, liberal states can be liberal and retain liberal values, should they so desire, but we work together for our common defense against major enemies, and then for our general welfare, well, my goodness, the union functions very, very well. Yes. But thank heavens, a common-sense piece of legislation. You know, it wasn't that far, it wasn't that long ago that a teenage girl couldn't go have her ears pierced without having permission of her parents. That's right. Because we understood that minors were under the authority of their parents. They weren't the property of the state. And now when you're talking about all the confusion that's being foisted upon our kids from a very early age in the public school system, causing them to question whether they're even male or female. I mean, I got news for you. Anybody in the listening audience, it's really easy to tell. Uh, if you're male or female, you know, God created male and female. There aren't any mistakes, but all the confusion that they're causing. And then to try to convince these kids that 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 void that's missing within them, which in almost every case is either a broken home or missing the Lord in their lives. Mm-hmm. But trying to convince these kids that the answer is they need to go and mutilate their body from which it can never be corrected. Well, that, that is child abuse. Yes. So praise the Lord for this great, courageous Arkansas legislature. Yes, and we weren't going to go deeper into this topic, Paul, but what you said uh, just brought something to mind, that the increase of young people who are, quote, identifying as transgender has gone up thousands of percent, and it's it's really sad. There's so much pressure on these young people today. And you mentioned you're, you're a pastor. We know what happens when you remove God, the right. biblical worldview, absolute truth. You're going to have moral relativism on steroids, and so it, it affects family, it affects marriage, it affects now how we're looking at young children. And the studies have not come out yet on the suicides and the mental illnesses and the other things that these gender reassignment procedures or pumping drugs into young children, mm-hmm. these effects are going to come back, and I don't think there's going to be good news when we hear some of these studies, if the media allows them. Some of the atrocities that we heard, exper- medical experimentation that were used on political prisoners in Nazi Germany will, mm. will pale in comparison when we review some of the stories and some of the things that we're allowing to go on in the United States of America. And the reality is, as pastors, and quite frankly, all of us should function with this desire, uh, the goal is to make our feelings conform with what is true. It's not to try to change what is true to conform to our feelings. So this idea that uh, you, you, uh, you may have a male body, however, you're really, you really should have been a girl, well, that's just insanity. That, yes. that is nonsense. You know, God created men to be men. God created women to be women. Viva for the differences. And we should teach women to be great women of God and to be all that God has intended them to be in creation. And men should be taught to be men and to be all that God has created them to be in creation. But uh, what they are doing is, is, is child abuse, both mm psychologically, and now they're getting into literal physical uh, abuse of children. Yes, and I agree, and thank you for being so uh, truthful and bold in making that statement. Uh, it's, it's gonna, there's going to come a time, in fact, we've seen it already, where pastors and those of us who will speak the truth about these things, mm-hmm. uh, you will be banned, censored. There's going to be more consequences, but the truth must be told. So thank you, Paul, for your voice in this. Um, I want to tr- just transition to your, your church uh, Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. You've got a radio ministry exploring the Word. Does that still air on uh, Bot Radio? Yeah, we're on Bot Radio every day. We've been on uh, Bot Radio for, my goodness, probably 15 years now okay. in the state of Oklahoma. We also are on Salem Radio in uh, Central Florida, uh, so, and we've been on uh, down there for about three years. We, just, uh, we have a satellite campus down in, in Orlando, and then, of course, our main church is in Oklahoma City. And by the way, for those in our listening audience, we are not a mega church. Uh, you know, we have we have a pretty good footprint, uh, and we're on radio in two states. We have a, a, a pretty broad uh, listening audience online, but uh, you know we we aren't into the tens of thousands. But it just goes to show you how much of an impact 
uh, a moderate size or modest size church can have yes. if you are sold out and surrendered to uh, allowing the Lord to do great things through you. Amen. I, if I remember my Bible lessons right, I, I don't think David was a really big, strapping, uh, mature, macho man. <laughs> I think he was a youngster. And he went out and, and took it to Goliath because the Lord chose to use him, and he mm. trusted in the Lord. Amen. So you know, we've got a lot of pastors out here, and you know, most pastors, pastors, small churches, you know, somewhere around 75 to 100 people. Uh, but let me tell you, Pastor, if you are, if, if I just described you, you can make a huge difference yes. in your community. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And we need those voices of truth who preach the full counsel of God mm-hmm. in, in this day when people are turning to other things that tickle the ears. Paul, you have at your church, first of all, Dan Fisher is your co-pastor. What a tag team. I mean, our <laughs> listeners are, are, would, would be like in heaven to have a church like that with two, two of you at the same church. You've had people like Jay Warner Wallace, Josh McDowell, you, Alex McFarland, uh, what, we, one of our guests here, Alex Newman. Um, you've Frank had Trevor Turek, Loudon. Had, yep, Frank Trevor Turek. Loudon, absolutely, yeah. And so, uh, Ken Ham, we've had Ken oh Ham, my we've goodness. had Brigitte Gabriel. Yeah, the list goes on, you're right. Yeah. So let me ask you that. Uh, you have these monthly events. You guys, you and Dan, are so knowledgeable, to, in my opinion, very impactful and great teachers and great you can connect the dots you can plow through scripture and apply scripture and bible prophecy to what's happening in our culture and country not a lot of pastors do that but why do you do you choose to bring in these speakers once a month or whenever you do that well god has blessed us with just being able to meet the right people our church has gotten a little bit of a reputation and uh, we we've been able to you know make friends with a lot of people and quite frankly we, you know we want to make sure our people are well educated and then we also want to make sure our community is well educated so what we've done here in the state and by the way you know the sons of Issachar had understanding of the times that's a famous phrase but but a lot of people don't know the background of that statement uh, there was a time in Israel after Saul and one of Saul's sons had been on the throne where David had been ruling in Judah uh, for about seven years, but the other ten tribes were trying to decide a political question: Should we follow David too, or should we follow another of the kings, or sons of Saul? And uh, it says that the sons of Issachar only numbered about two hundred, but they were wise, mm-hmm. they had influence, and they uh, encouraged the uh, ten tribes to make the right decision and follow David. Well, we've got a lot of pastors uh, today that just really aren't. Uh, knowledgeable about uh, issues of the day in our culture. And the whole idea that there are things we aren't supposed to talk about in church, quite frankly, nonsense. If Jesus is the Lord of all, and if he's the Lord of every part of our lives, then we should be teaching our people a biblical perspective about every part of life. In a nutshell, you know, our our people should be the um, most discerning and honest business owners. Yes, uh, our people should be the hardest working employees with the greatest integrity, because Jesus is Lord. You know, we should teach our kids and families, you know, proper uh, uh, intimacy. How God created us as intimate beings. However, you know, the sexual intimacy is held sacred within the boundaries of marriage only. So, you know, if we teach everything biblically, people understand it and they know how to cope with it. Uh, But when we abandon areas, then their only uh, refuge or or, or place to look for education is in the lost secular world, Mm -hmm. and they're going to get wrong information there. Well, we obviously all live in the United States of America, whether you're Christian or non-Christian. And we're all facing all this nonsense that's going on right now about the masking and social distancing, and we see uh, elections stolen and everything else. Well, you know what? It's it's insane to sit there and ignore what's going on outside the four walls of the church. Amen. So we preach Jesus first and foremost. You know, what does it profit a man if he should lose, gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So it all begins there with knowing Jesus receiving the atonement from having your sins atoned for by the blood of the Lamb. And then at that point, we approach life as how now shall we live Mm -hmm. as Christians. So, you know, when we we have the opportunity of bringing in, you know, usually about every other month now is what we'll do, because it it, it does become uh, laborious. And and quite frankly, David, we've developed uh, working relationships with other 
uh, little pastors groups around the state of Oklahoma, other conservative organizations. So, for example, you know, we may be bring Bill Federer into town, and awesome. Bill's been a long-time friend. We can mm. kind of take advantage of Bill. You know, Bill may speak uh, 10 or 12 times at different places around the state. Wow. Uh, Dr. Lee Merritt, we brought Lee in, and uh, while she was here, she was able to speak to a large ladies' group on Tuesday for lunch, did some programs, and spoke up in Tulsa Tuesday evening. She uh, spoke to a large conservative uh, group uh, Wednesday for lunch, and then at our church, we had standing room only last night, and Praise she's God. back up in Tulsa for another event this morning, and she'll be heading home after that. So you know, we, we bring people in and uh, obviously try to uh, provide uh, knowledge, information, uh, not only to Christians, but again, to non-Christians as well. We want everybody to know what's going on. And that's just something that we have been able to do through the years. And, and I would encourage any pastor to begin, you know, networking with other pastors, you know, in his area. You know, begin by going and having coffee together, having breakfast together, and getting to know each other and uh, develop relationships. And then you'll be able to find that, uh, you know, a couple of churches work with their community can really do a lot, I think, outside the walls of their church. Thank you, Paul. We've got to take a break. Pastor Paul Blair is with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about biblical justice versus social justice. Also, the event that they had at their church last night at Fairview Baptist was Dr. Lee Merritt on COVID-19, masking and the vaccines. Some fascinating information. We'll try to narrow it down for you and give you some bullet points from her presentation. When we come back on Stand Up For The Truth, keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Pastor Paul Blair, one of the troublemakers for the kingdom that we love. And uh, he's with Fairview Baptist Church, Edmond, Oklahoma. And uh, by the way, Paul, you've got a book out, It's Not Blind Faith. I think it's a PDF. Can people yeah. still get to that? It's not blindfaith.com. Yeah. Yeah, and we've used it. Basically, it's a brief. We use it as a, of course, you know, all we all are so busy anymore. Nobody wants to read 300 pages or 400 pages. This literally is 24 pages, and it's a, a synopsis. You know, as you said a while ago, Alex McFarland, Frank Turek, Jay Warner Wallace, uh, Josh uh, uh, McDowell, these men are all friends, have been in our church. Mm. So I've been able to learn under some of the great apologists of our day. Wow. Uh, and this is a, an apologetics book. It's 24 pages. It can be used as a track, and it can be used for believers. It will either strengthen your faith, if you're already a Christian, or it will present you with overwhelming evidence that God does exist and that Jesus rose from the dead. Therefore, he was God incarnate, and he is the Lord. And uh, so it's a great evangelistic tool for skeptics or honest skeptics. Mm -hmm. And we've had a number of testimonies from kids in college that have uh, gotten a hold of the book and, and written and, uh, or emailed and said, thank you. You know, my professors were calling, causing me to doubt my faith, and this book nailed it. So, yeah, you can go to our, our church, uh, fairviewbaptistedmond.org, and just contact us there. Uh, or we also have a, a website that's available on PDF on a website called itsnotblindfaith.com. Uh, so that's, uh, that's available online. Somebody can read it online right now or they can call our church. We'll be glad to send them a copy. Awesome. Uh, Paul, let's talk about your event last night with Dr. Lee Merritt. We've talked uh, quite a bit about America's frontline doctors, even when they were standing out in front of, I believe it was the Supreme Court, with all the mm -hmm. doctors there with their testimonies on treatments for COVID. Well, we know what happened. All President Trump did was mention hydroxychloroquine, and it seems like half the country, or at least the progressive Democrats, said, you know, you can't use that. It's dangerous. Don't even mention that anyway. So we were divided since that point. But she talked about COVID-19, masking, and the vaccines. I heard at least half of that presentation. Some of the points were fascinating. Could you sum up some of what she shared last night for our listeners? Well, uh, some of the things is, uh, obviously, th she, she believes, she is convinced, and she's a, a former military doctor. Uh, she believes that this is without doubt. And, of course, she will give the scientific evidence this was a man-made virus. It wasn't something that just yeah. happened. Uh, and as things happened, it wound up being released. Uh, viruses generally weaken over time. You know, people develop immunity to them over time, things of that nature. But like every virus, what she would say and these doctors would say is uh, 
the best thing to, in order to treat it is to keep your immune system up. So you want to do things to be preventative. Vitamin D3, uh, vitamin D is one of the highest, one of the strongest things you should be taking. Uh, zinc, um, uh, vitamin C, uh, and then uh, there's a, 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 oh, good grief, it's called elderberry. Oh. Uh, but there's a list of things uh, actually on her website. Uh, it would it would be therebeldoc.com, therebeldoc.com. She's got a list of things on there. But like anything, like any cold and flu season, any kind of influenza, any kind of virus, keep your immune system up. Uh, you know, I've been so blessed. I'm a cancer patient. I haven't been sick in over two years. Wow. Uh, and, of course, my immune system is supposedly depleted. But when I had cancer, I got on all these things. Mm. I started taking them uh, because I didn't want to get any kind of sick. And you know, I haven't had, hadn't even had a cold in, in two years. So I absolutely believe this works. Uh, asymptomatic spread is nonsense. Doctors know that's nonsense. Hmm. Uh, you know, if you have symptoms uh, of a, any flu or cold or something like that, stay home. You're, you're not indispensable. You don't want to share whatever you've got with your workplace. So if you have symptoms, treat the symptoms. And then don't spread it to other people at that point. But if you don't have symptoms, then you're not in danger of spreading it to anybody. Uh, and then when you look at treatments around the world, uh, of course, one of the deadliest places there was, and, and even that is relative. You know, the, the survival rate in America is 99.993, I believe. Uh, so this is nothing over which we need to be shutting down the United States of America, uh, telling people to hide in their basements. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you have symptoms, the best ways of treating it are with uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Uh, those are cheap. They're on the market. They are, they are effective in treating the, uh, the COVID-19. In fact, quite frankly, effective in treating some other viruses as well. But uh, the, the best advice is keep your immune system up. Uh, and if you have some uh, symptoms of any kind of an illness, then treat it. And uh, at that point, you stay away from people. But the idea of masking, especially the way that we do it, yes. where you you know walk in the store with your mask, and then when you sit down, you can take your mask off, uh, <laughs> and then lay your mask on the table, put your drink on top of your mask, you know, wad it around a little bit, and then when you stand back up, put it back on your. That's just that's just nothing. I mean, that's absurd, and any pure, real doctor would tell you how absurd that is. So the idea of masking and the social distancing is just a really control elements, and, and that's what it's all about. It's about subjugation. But, uh, you know, the advice to, uh, to people, uh, keep your immune systems up. If you get symptoms on anything, treat it early. Uh, open your business, take your mask off, go to work, hug your kids, live life. Uh, this whole thing in my now this is my opinion, uh, and there are others that agree with it. I, I think this was an instrument that was used to knock uh, Mr. Make America Great Again yep. uh, out of the equation to bring America back into line with global governance. Yes, and in particular, if your readers have not heard about it, it's not hard to find out about what's called the Great Reset. The World Economic Forum, the United Nations believe we need to enter into the next age. And they are planning on using, which they, they have used quite effectively, they're using this hoax of man-made global warming. And the, uh, the way that this virus, it is a legitimate virus, but it shouldn't even be a deadly virus. Exactly. If, we, if we treated people early with these proper treatments, we wouldn't have 500,000 dead. Uh, and, and by the way, David, 330 million people in America, 7,800 people die every day in the United States of America. That's right. Whether it's car wreck, whether it's cancer, whether it's old age, whether it's a flu, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, it, we, we die. You know, it's appointed and a man wants to die. So uh, what we've seen this year is there is not an increase in the overall numbers of death around the world or in the United States of America. It's the same as every other year. But now we're calling everything COVID, and we've got mass hysteria on the media. We've got people panicked, and the easiest way to control uh, a people is to scare them into obedience. 
and that's that's what's going on right now. This, this whole thing was, in my opinion, yes. the goal was the election, so they could bring America back into line to uh, to goose step into the global socialism of the Great Reset. Amen. We agree. And and tr- Trump ruffled their feathers when he said America will never be mm-hmm. a globalist nation. Yep. And he, boy, I mean, you think he yep. said that in 2019, if not early yep. 2020, that yep. triggered their last push to no, right. try to take him out. But anyway, we can, we, right, we've, we've talked a lot about that. But Paul, um, you haven't been on for about four months. And I just realized that that was before the election, before Thanksgiving, before Christmas. Did you ever think that we Americans would allow, not that they would try it, but Americans would allow our government, blue state governors and others, to try to mandate how we can have church services and how we can even meet with our families for holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas. There were restrictions on that. Did you ever think we would allow that as Americans? Well, they don't have the authority to allow that in America. And we, the people, have just got to band together and say no. (laughs) There is no such thing. We have unalienable rights, the right to life, the right to liberty, and the right to the pursuit of happiness, which means everything that God has given for us to enjoy and prosper from in life, including raising our families and running our businesses and feeding our families. And the idea of designating some businesses as essential and some as non-essential mm. is baloney. You know, anybody that's feeding their family has an essential service. Mm. You know, yes. the, the, I, it's important. It's essential that I feed my family. Don't tell me that I can't go to work. So this whole thing, uh, is again, it's been the panic. They panicked everyone into thinking we're all on the verge of death. So everybody ran to their basements and obeyed everything the government said. But literally, I, I never dreamed that I would have seen the breach of trust and the overreach from, uh, from our government. I never thought I would have seen it uh, 12 months ago. But, uh, you know, we are where we are. You know, we all sat there on election night and watched uh, overwhelming leads in four states uh, magically disappear yes. after stopping the voting, which I'm 58, David. I've watched a lot of, I've followed every presidential election since Ronald Reagan in 1980, and I have never seen us stop voting no. and never not have the election results uh, uh, for the country. Yes. Uh, with the exception of, of Bush Gore, you know, when they had the hanging chads in yes. one county in Florida. You know, I've never seen that decision not made on election night. And certainly the things that we saw this last November. Yeah. Uh, Overwhelming evidence would lead you to conclude that that was a mass theft of an election. Absolutely. And now the media, of course, is gaslighting. The left is gaslighting, yeah. saying, no, sure. there wasn't this, this voter fraud or all these problems with the ballots. Of course there was. And I think a lot of Americans, Paul Christians included on the right, conservatives, we were very disappointed that this wasn't accepted in the court. Some of these cases were just thrown out before the judges would even yep. look at them. I think there was righteous anger on the, the, yep. the part of a lot of people. If he lost, he lost. But the way it happened, no, I mean, most of us are not convinced and we don't believe that Biden is a legitimate president. But of course, the left propped him up and silenced who they needed to silence and gaslighted the rest of us. And here we have this administration that is the most radical that we've seen in our lifetime. Well, let me let me make this point. This is a, this is a major concern for all of our people that are on the listening audience, and why we need to focus on what what Arkansas did. Our governors, our states. Uh, you know, John Adams made the statement when he was our second president. He said, "Our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other." And whatever the Constitution once was or was supposed to be, or we thought it was, or still think it is, it did not function properly uh, during November election, because we all witnessed a theft. I have an email from one of our United States senators, and in that email, he said very clearly, we know there was election fraud. Yes. Oh, well, great. I'm glad to hear that, Senator. Well, what happened? Who intervened? Who interposed for the people to make sure that justice was done? Well, no one. Everyone passed the buck. 
you know, we had the uh, uh, courts all uh, pass the ball down the, down the road because mm-hmm. they did not want to uh, uh, have the spotlight shined on them on such an important issue. So none of them heard the case on merits but dismissed it for procedural grounds. And then even our United States Supreme Court, which in Article 3, Section 2, one of the only reasons that they exist in the first place is to arbitrate differences between states. When you had Texas and some 22 states suing Georgia, the Supreme Court declined to hear the case because of procedural grounds. So we saw that our Constitution, what we thought was there to limit and govern the government, uh, obviously did not function. We, we had the legislature that had a chance to act on January 6th, and they didn't. We had the Supreme Court that had an a- opportunity to act. They didn't. Uh, the president, for one reason or another, didn't. And here we are. Mm-hmm. We've got a guy sitting in office that has no business being there no. and, quite frankly, beholden to the uh, communist China. Yep. And uh, here we are as, as honest, God-fearing, patriotic citizens scratching our head going, what just happened? Well, as I said a while ago, the Constitution was not a suicide pact. (laughs) These are when 13 states came together, and those 13 states decided to create for themselves a limited central government to handle their general welfare and their common defense. Quite frankly, Washington is supposed to be answering to the states and not the other way around. So if the people will rediscover how we are supposed to function, that Washington works for us, Uh, Washington works for Oklahoma and for Texas and for Arkansas and for Georgia. Washington works for us. Uh, They are accountable to us, not the other way around. But until we recognize that, we're just going to continue to see problems as we do right now. That's right. Uh, The states have more power than we realize. And I think we've forgotten. By the way, uh, we've got to take another break, Paul. But Alex Newman, when he was on with us, he talked about the the process of nullification. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. So we won't need to get into that. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about another threat to the Christian church, and that would be critical race theory. What is biblical justice versus social justice? And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, and we'll touch on vaccines and wrap up uh, your thoughts from Dr. Lee Merritt's presentation at your church last night. We're with Pastor Paul Blair. We've got a lot more to come on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Pastor Paul Blair, and let's wrap up that discussion you had last night with Dr. Lee Merritt of America's Frontline Doctors. Uh, if you could kind of condense what she shared about vaccines, and we don't need to get into vaccine passports. Yep communist policy, but uh, about the actual vaccine, there's a lot of confusion as there was about uh, the COVID itself. Well, things. one thing people need to remember, don't be intimidated or bullied into this. Amen. Uh, there's a couple of words to remember. This is experimental. This has not been tested on any living creature. The, the experiment is on us. <laughs> so if you are willing to do that, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. Also recognize that their survivability of this is 99.993. So there's not a crisis. You've been duped into thinking there's a crisis. Yeah, there's a virus. There's always viruses. There'll be a new virus next year. Keep your immune system up. If you have symptoms, treat it early. It's easy to find doctors. Go to the uh, America's Frontline Doctors website or go to, to uh, the, the rebeldoc.com uh, website. You'll find doctors in your area. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine are, are great uh, treatments for this. But remember, this is an experimental vaccine. And then it's not even a vaccine. It's this mRNA uh, they're injecting into you. It's a, it's a genetic manipulation. Yes. This is not a typical traditional vaccine where they give you a small, uh, weakened dose of the actual virus so your body will recognize it and start developing an immunity to it. They're actually doing something. It, this is an experimentation process that hasn't been done on any living creature successfully, not cats, not ferrets, not anything, but they're trying it out on people. Now, if you're comfortable with that, recognizing the 99.993 survival rate, and this has not been a, a, a experimented on, on any living creatures, you're the experiment. If you're comfortable with that, then go right ahead. But I'm going to make sure everybody thinks through 
this whole scenario before they go have something uh, that Bill Gates is involved with uh, stuck into their arm. Yeah, there's so much pressure by the media and the left, yep. and people are concerned, well, if we don't do this, we won't be able to travel. And But what you just said, I think people just skip over that, the fact that it is experimental. And there are there haven't been enough studies, not enough research yep. on these vaccines. Some some people, I've heard this, Paul, from Christians saying, now that I have the vaccine, I can go back to church. And, oh, it just... I yep. just shake my head and go, oh, Lord, where, increase David, our faith. David, we operated church as usual this whole year. We actually did. We shut down for four weeks initially when the president and our governor asked us to do so. And we were concerned. And quite frankly, I'm always concerned about the well-being of our people. But we saw after four weeks that there was really not as much to this as they were making it out to be. So we opened up for church. We have operated as normal. We are as full as we've ever been. We have meals on Wednesday night. We have donuts and coffee on Sunday mornings. We've had to go to multiple services, and we're continuing to expand. And I have noticed no difference between this year and any other year. I haven't done any more funerals than any other year, and the funerals are the same age group, 80 years of age and older. Uh, and we don't require masks. We don't require social distancing. If anybody wants to, they can, but no one does. Mm. I appreciate that. And a, a lot of people, if they would just follow the number, you know, follow the science. I think we have mm, different interpretations on what, exactly what right. science is. Uh, the left has manipulated that word into something that it's not. Let's go over to critical race theory, Paul. That's yep. something that's been infiltrating the evangelical church and the church in America as a whole. Uh, Vody Bauckham has a new book out called Fault Lines, the Social Justice M- Movement and uh, Evangelicalism's Looming Catastrophe. And he cites uh, CRT is a religious movement. He warns yep. about it. He said it, is a, it has all the trappings of religion, its own cosmology, its own saints, its own liturgy, its own law. And he said, uh, and a lot of those things are very subtle, which makes them rather attractive to religious people. But uh, your thoughts on this this really unique moment the, that we are in here in America where race has been elevated to almost uh, the biggest uh, um, subject. If you, you're called a racist, that's the worst thing, even, even yeah. worse than a sinner. Well, the, the uh, two of the three founders of the Black Lives Matter movement are well-known online, publicly admitted, and there's, it's easy to find out there, or at least it should still be easy to find out there. They admitted to being trained Marxist, mm-hmm. trained community organizers. Now, remember that as I give you this next tidbit. You know, Marx was a big flop. Marx was just a bum. He never took care of his family. He mooched off other people, uh, including his family and his wife's family and his friend Engels and others. And Marx created this whole system that benefited bums. Hey, let's all pool our resources and we'll all live off of them. Hmm. We'll just have a communal living. Well, that's great if you're a guy without a job and you don't want to work. But anyway, his goal was to create a revolution within a country. And the two groups that he wanted, he wanted to place two groups at at odds with each other, the bourgeois and the proletariat. In his mind, the property owners and the workers, the 1% and the 99%. He wanted to create tension and then ultimately a revolution to throw off the old economic system and replace it with uh, Marxism. Uh, state control. Uh, Well, that didn't sell well in Europe, and it didn't sell well in America. The reason being is we all own property. Every one of us have our own house or our own car, or at least we think we do. We've got a mortgage probably. But, you know, we are all property owners. So that never worked here. So out of the school of of Frankfurt, Germany is where the school originally um, originated. It moved to Columbia University during World War II, but what it's called is the Frankfurt School of Marxism. Well, they developed this critical theory philosophy, and they said, well, since the economic issue is not enough to create the tension we need to create revolution, we will look to any diametrically opposed uh, views to create tension. So they don't care whether it's uh, LGBT versus straight. If they can create a revolution out of that, wonderful. If they can uh, get a, a male chauvinist pigs against uh, against women, uh, that's great. You know, there's the tension that we can use to create uh, a revolution. Hmm. Well, none of those have been effective. But critical race theory, and with the advent of black liberation theology in the 1970s and how this has morphed since that, yes. has been the perfect storm. And here's what they will say. They don't say that they're a racist. Obviously, they're racist everywhere. 
They're racists of every skin color, and they're racists that live around the world. But what they say, and notice their words, America is a systematically racist country. Right. Well, I would argue that a systematically racist country wouldn't elect a black president in 2008. And 43% of the white voters voted for Barack Obama in 2008. That's not a systematically racist country. Your most popular golfer in, a, in, in the world is a black golfer, Tiger Woods. Most popular basketball players in the world, black, go, or black basketball players, Michael Jordan. I mean, don't tell me we're systematically racist. We're not. But they are creating this narrative and hammering it. And remember this, the first time you ever heard the term community organizer was when a young senator from Illinois ran for president. That's right. What what was your job, Mr. Obama? Uh, I was a community organizer, i.e. translation, I'm a trained Marxist. I'm a trained organizer. I came straight out of Karl Marx. So since Obama took office in 2008, and again, remember, folks, America elected a black president. But now with Barack Obama in office, we had critical race theory brought into our Department of Justice, our Department of State, everywhere. And it had already been in our universities, but now it's in public education. Yes. And all it takes is one generation of kids. I'll tell you, hey, give, give, give those kids to the public school and have them teach them for, for five years that, you are, that we are a systematically racist country. And by the time they turn 18, they're going to be marching in the streets and ready to burn the country down. Well, That's where we're at today. Exactly. Well, look, well, look what happened last summer under the guise of mm-hmm. uh, Black Lives Matter and the death of George Floyd. We had, I think it was something like $1.9 billion in damage across the country last year with the looting, rioting, burning of buildings and destruction of, you know, police precincts. It was astounding, the lawlessness, Mm -hmm. but it Mm -hmm. seems like the media, the left, and even many Americans just kind of gave it a pass because it was somehow justified. Well, Paul, we also saw young people go and tear down statues of American history. Now, they're learning in our schools America is an evil nation. Now they're learning America is a racist nation, and we're seeing some of the fruit of our education system. And this social justice argument stems right out of that. Yes. The the reality is there's just justice, period. And all men are created equal. We all are created in the image of God. We all have unalienable rights. Justice is justice. It's true for every person, doesn't matter male or female or what your skin tone is. However, social justice means group rights. And go right back to what I just taught you a moment ago. You got to have two groups at odds. You got to have the LGBT versus the straight. You got to have men versus women. You got to have black versus white. And it's all about group rights rather than the reality that we're all created in God's image. You know, I didn't ask to be here. God birthed me in Edmond, Oklahoma in 1963. I'm supposed to do everything I can for the glory of God. Each and every one of us are, are born. And we are human beings, and we have unalienable rights, period. Uh, And that's what needs to be taught again in our churches and, quite frankly, in our public education system. Uh, Otherwise, this place will come apart uh, by design. Paul, um, we are—one of the takeaways here, God's justice, and there is just one justice, and that is true justice. It it is the— contrast, the opposite of social, whenever you put a word in front of justice, environmental justice, reproductive Mm -hmm. justice, the left does this all the Mm -hmm. time. That's false. That's a deception. That's a counterfeit. Just as social justice, Christianity is apostasy. It's a departure from the faith. We've got three more minutes with you, and I want to get your take on uh, the Georgia senator that is also a reverend tweeted Sunday on Easter. He tweeted that the meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whether you are Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. This, you, you first of all, remove reverend. I don't care what title you have. This, this man does not know the Bible, yeah. apparently, but he's of that cloth of liberation theology and social justice. Your thoughts on that heretical tweet? Well, that's exactly what it is. It's heresy. And he is not a Christian. He is a Marxist uh, who has successfully uh, been elected to office. Mm-hmm. So um, the uh, uh, idea of the, the empty tomb, well, here's what we've got. To, last thing I'll leave you as, as we end, I, I guess, with this. You know, Christianity is not based upon fact or, or feelings. Christianity, uh, excuse me, is not based upon feelings or emotion. It's based upon fact. 
Jesus said, I'll give you one piece of evidence that proves I am who I claim to be. After you put me in the tomb, three days and three days, three nights later, I'm coming out. That will prove to the world, Romans 1, 4, declare to the entire world that I am the Lord. So the empty tomb was proof that our sins had been paid in full. The chains of death could not hold the Lord Jesus. He is God who came to die for our sins and save us. Now, we have the fact of the empty tomb. The stone was rolled away so that we can see in. It's up to each and every one of us what we decide to do with that bit of information. We can either say, oh, that's a good story, but it's not for me. Uh, or we can say, you are the Lord. Fall on our knees, cry out to him for forgiveness, and surrender to serve him for the rest of our lives. Amen. And that's a nice segue, Paul, to your PDF uh, short book, Not Blind Faith. The subtitle is Verifiable Evidence, God Exists, and Jesus Rose from the Dead. There is evidence. Eyewitness testimony is a big part of that evidence. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians and the Book of Acts and others. But Paul Blair, thank you for your time. We appreciate you, brother. God bless your health. May he protect you and provide for you in every way, sustain you, and continue to give you the grace to preach the uncompromising gospel. Thank you, brother. We love you. Thank you, David. Love you too, Ben. All right, thank you. Uh, Paul Blair, you can get more on our website. We went to standupforthetruth.com. A lot of links today, not only to his church, to their Facebook page, to the presentation last night from Dr. Lee Merritt. And every article we talked about on this podcast, we try to put every link in the post at standupforthetruth.com in the blog. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guest is tomorrow. Keep it right here. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. What a blessing to talk to so many men and women of God that really discern, know the truth, preach the truth, and they really encourage me, guys, and and I would love more feedback uh, on guests that we have on. I know we've got a lot of good comments on Alex Newman on Tuesday. Um, you know, next week we've got Tony Garule, John Haller, Steve Smotherman, and Terry James. But tomorrow, Bill Perkins, Compass International. We've had him on just once before, and he sends out these amazing newsletters. I think it's once a month, but phenomenal information on all the stuff that's going on, whether that's COVID-related or religious freedom or vaccines or globalism. Go to Compass International. I think it's .org. And so Bill Perkins will be our guest tomorrow. Can't wait to catch up with him. But thank you again for your prayers. Uh, The warfare continues, as always, and I know it does in your own life as well. If people know you're a Christian and if you are public with your testimony and are not if you are unashamed of the gospel, I know you're being hit, too. So God bless you and strengthen you and prepare you for the, the opposition that is definitely going to be headed your way and my way because we are not going to back down. We are here for such a time as this, and God has us here for a reason, and that is to preach the gospel, to make sure we can get people saved, but also to encourage and strengthen those of our brothers and sisters who are already in the body of Christ because I'll tell you, there's not a lot of sound doctrine in many churches, and so we've got to try to do our part. So thank you, friends. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.